Welcome to episode 82 of the Amanda Wagner podcast, the place for fiercely ambitious entrepreneurs and leaders who want to get off the sidelines, build a legacy, and claim their spotlight. In this episode, this tagline becomes really important because we reconsider how we choose what we share. We look at sharing our weaknesses through the perspective of being an inspirational leader. We discuss some of the benefits to self-disclosure and how it's different than venting and dig into why a fear of losing credibility has held me back from sharing for so long. Plus, I am bravely, trepidatiously going to open up with some of the experiences of where I'm at with the goal of self-disclosure to help others. I'm Amanda Wagner, speaker, business strategist, and professional hype woman. And I'm Liz Pittman, a digital communications specialist. The Amanda Wagner podcast is the place for ambitious entrepreneurs and leaders who are tired of looking at others and saying, why are they doing that and I'm not? And are ready instead to claim their own spotlight. On this podcast, we talk about the challenges and delights of being highly ambitious and how even though we're impatient and at times anxious, we can be intentional and make strategic decisions about how to get more of what we want in a noisy world. At this time last year, we put out a podcast episode where I shared that I kept really quiet about my pregnancy. And I generally share pretty strategically online. You won't see a lot of personal details. And they're kind of peppered in here and there without me making a big deal out of it. That said, if somebody asks me a question, I will pretty much answer any and every question. For some reason, sharing without being prompted feels uncomfortable to me. And I found myself wondering, do I share this or not? Do I take up space or not? Do I have permission to take up space? In our past episode with Ashley Jansen, we spoke a little bit about how we can experience some reciprocity in our communication, but it doesn't always have to be one-to-one. And this topic follows pretty naturally from that, going, can I take up space and in, in what ways do I do it? In preparation for this episode, I found myself coming back to our introduction, where I explicitly say... This is a podcast for entrepreneurs and leaders who want to get off the sidelines, build a legacy, and claim their spotlight. Now, how do we share when our spotlight isn't claimed? How do we share when we still feel like we're on the sidelines or when we haven't reached the full capacity or potential of our ambition? Does being a leader who wants big things mean that we're immune to challenges? Absolutely not. But sometimes it feels like we have to keep those insecurities, failures, and feelings of stuckness to ourselves because we've put out in the world that we are fiercely ambitious and we do want more. Liz, do you feel like our mission on the podcast and our audience is at odds with or in opposition to sharing the reality of the lows and the less than Instagrammable moments? It's complicated, but I don't think so. I think that we've had some really real conversations on the podcast about where we're at. We've had an episode where we've talked about the importance of sharing failures and why failures make us who we are and 
even if our progress is slow, it doesn't mean that we care less or that our ambition is any smaller than it once was. But it's a it's a complicated thing. I think that we share a lot more nuance and more specific stories on the podcast than is shared on the Instagram mm-hmm. feed. But we also know that people who listen to the podcast are choosing to spend an hour with us in their ears. And so I feel like there's that naturally leads to a little bit more of the the intimacy and the storytelling than that bigger audience on Instagram. So I don't think that we're in in opposition of that concept at all, but it is it's an interesting thing for us to chat about. I'm not I'm not worried about the direction the podcast is going at all. I'm glad to hear that. What up, <laughs> uh, yes, apologies for actually no, I am not apologizing. I have a young child who's having the time of her life in the living room with her other parent. So uh, Dottie just has some things to say. The reason I think I feel that it could be at odds in some in some way is because it's like the if the tree falls in the forest but nobody's there to hear it metaphor. Am I truly allowed to say that I'm fiercely ambitious if I haven't reached the point of success or results that I want to? Like, does it count if I'm not there yet? According to who? Exactly. Yeah. Great question. Great question. Way to call me on my bullshit really fast. Um, Because, yeah, who is they? According to who? And even if it is according to me, does that make it less valid? According to me, I haven't reached the level of success or achievement that I want. Do I not get to share what that's like? Now, where I get stuck here, I've, I've used this example many times where thought leaders and people who are on bigger stages in the positions that I want to be in, we often hear their stories of having $12 in their bank account when they have $12 million in their bank account. And that's something that I've been so frustrated by in the past. And I said, I didn't want to be that person. I want to share the story of having $12 in my bank account when I have $12 in my bank account and can truly speak to, this is what it feels like. These are the decisions that I'm making. So even though I've kind of drawn my line in the sand saying, I don't want to share an experience when I'm so far out of it and things have worked, I still hesitate about sharing the reasons for that. And I'll be completely honest here. I am feeling some stuckness in my life. I feel like I'm in a bit of a rut and I have hesitated about if I should share or not, because I wonder if first, I mean, will sharing this information expose me as something that I'm not? If I say I am one of the most ambitious people I know, and I'm in a rut, am I suddenly a fraud? I also get caught up in how will sharing this impact my credibility? Credibility is a big one. And I think when we put ourselves out there as experts, as people who are dedicated to a topic, or like I said, I'm one of the most ambitious people I know, in some ways, there it creates this, if I share that I'm having a low moment, if I share that I'm stuck in a rut, is, is there going to be a response or a like, huh, I guess she's not so ambitious after all. 
Liz, I can see your face kind of smiling at me, being like, well, you know this isn't true. What is happening in your mind? I think that your vulnerability and your honesty is is your special sauce. I think that from the beginning of the podcast and sharing your words on Instagram, I think that you've been a lot more upfront than a lot of people who do what you do. And I think that that is your magical thing. I think when you have people in your Zoom room or you're speaking to crowds, they feel something different. You often say, I get you because I am you, right? You share those stories because you understand that space. So I'm here to say, I think you need to give yourself a little bit more credit because the honesty is what makes you so wonderful, right? I think that's what gives you your edge. And I think you do that more than you realize you do. That's very comforting. Thank you for that perspective. Because I definitely think that I could use to be myself more. So the fact that you're seeing that this layer of vulnerability already, and I'm sitting here going, I think I share like 10% of what I could. I think that's just a really interesting perspective. You saying that you only share 10% is like, wow, what else do you have to share? Because I feel like you already say so much. Now (laughs) you've got me curious, like what else you got for me? Because I would have never guessed that you've only, you know, hit that 10% mark. Do you feel that even though you and I know each other personally, like beyond professionally? I don't think so. I think that I, I think I am thinking about this from the work lens. Obviously I know things about you and stories from your life as a friend that you don't share as part of your work. But I think if I separate those two, I do feel like a lot of your your own stories and vulnerabilities come through. In, in your this is fascinating. I'm so glad we're talking about this today because like I said, I feel like I'm sharing 10%. I also have been really strategic about which areas or pockets of my life do I share? Um, Something that is always funny to me is that if I'm on a walk with Dottie or making a video and people hear her or see her in the background, those are the videos that get more engagement. And I, I love when you tell me that you're like, people are looking for this kid. And I never really know what to do with that information because it is a part of my life that I'm, I'm pretty cagey about. The reason that I want to dig into this topic is because in the last week I've had two experiences that I feel have been coaxing me to share a little bit more, even though I'm still nervous. That first one, my first experience was I was in a therapy appointment and I expressed some of my frustration with my work right now. And I felt like the only places that I could share it were with my partner, my therapist, with people like Liz And maybe the odd client, when they expressed they were sharing something similar. I'm very careful to not take up that space. And my therapist beautifully pointed out that there's a difference between self-disclosure with intended benefit versus venting. And I just attached so quickly to this language. Self-disclosure with intended benefit felt like the perfect way to provide value to why sharing matters. With my background in providing professional development and workshops around creating exceptional customer experiences, I always encourage people who are selling anything or who are engaging with any sort of customer to answer the question, what's in it for them? 
What's the advantage to the customer? What's in it for your audience? What are they taking away or their perks? Because that's how we create this experience. And for some reason, rephrasing this question to apply to sharing has brought some life into thinking about what I want to share on the podcast, what I want to share through Instagram and with the people that I work with or only know online. I find myself asking now, how will sharing this help my client? How will sharing this help my audience? And the difference between self-disclosure with intended benefit versus venting to me feels quite easy to see because where I get frustrated with other people sharing online, we've talked about this in a previous episode, we talked about the difference between authenticity and transparency. We will link to that in the show notes because I found that some of my frustration, especially online, especially with other professionals is when that transparency becomes the way forward. And all of a sudden I see people complaining about their clients and I'm like, well, I don't know if that's the way forward. I want you to be honest, but what's missing is the intended benefit. That's where it just becomes venting. So an example here is that on the podcast, I shared a story about being fired to normalize that experience. I talked about letting go in detail so that I could not only tell my story, but so that other people could come to me and say, I've been through this. Maybe I don't have to feel as shameful about it. I also talked about why I wasn't open about my pregnancy online and how I didn't want other people that I worked with or that I knew to make decisions about my work life or my business before I did. I know there's more than one way to experience going through a life change, but my hope was that in this episode, anybody else who felt like they were in a similar position to me could feel like they weren't alone. And I know that in my Zoom room with clients, I will also find nuggets of my experience that aligns with what they're feeling. So for example, I was in a call last week and somebody was kind of explaining where they were at and just were kind of feeling want want about things. Things were trucking along, but they weren't as they intended. And this person was losing motivation. And I said, is it possible that you're bored? And she said, oh my God, yes, this is it. I am bored. And that was where I could open up and say, I know what that feels like because I've been bored too. Here was the effect on me. Does this feel like what you're experiencing? By tying it back, it felt relevant. It was relevant. And it wasn't just me complaining about, oh, I'm bored all the time. It was how can I do this to benefit somebody else? This is so very different than venting. If I had lost job after job, or I was complaining about my pregnancy online, or taking over the conversation, talking about how much it sucks to be bored, that's venting. And that is where I have to draw the line. I will happily vent to Liz on the phone. I will happily text my friends with complaints. That's what the group chat is for. But when it comes to building a brand and running a business and wanting to put forward this ambitious energy, I can do that and still offer elements of my life that prove I'm a real person and that make me relatable and engaging. Now, Liz, I'm fascinated to know 
in your role as an instructor, because you teach several courses at the university, how do you find yourself sharing with your students, if at all? I don't share much. I will. I like to draw on my own work experiences as examples for my social media marketing students, but I often uh, change the details. So I will, I will talk in hypotheticals and that's rooted in reality or i will tell a story about a past client but i've changed the industry that they're in i will make those adjustments so i'm not giving too much also and i know that this is a common thing for instructors who have public facing social media channels is their students go and follow them and i don't want to change my social media profile to private because it is a part of my brand as a freelancer and I do promotion of some of the work that I do on Instagram. Not a ton, uh, but some. But I have students that will start following me on Instagram. And the way that I kind of draw the line there is as soon as I have a student who follows me on Instagram, I hide my Instagram story from them. The Instagram feed is a very curated place. And I feel like there's not a lot of personal feelings there like if I feel like sharing some sort of life announcement like we moved or we got our dog or whatever that'll go on the feed but a lot of my day-to-day and the workout I went on or the friend I met for dinner or whatever that typically lives on my Instagram story and that's not something that my students need to see they don't need that um, look into my life so I hide my stories from my students when the term is over Sometimes I allow some of those students to see stories, but there are some people that will never see that part of my online persona. And that's how I keep that. I love that you have such a clear differentiation because I remember when I was a high school teacher a million years ago, Facebook was a bigger thing. And I remember being like, no, I will not add you as a friend on Facebook. That's just not an area of my life. As little as I post, I still don't want that. And I think that you're bang on here, having some type of separation. Yeah, you can look at my grid and yes, you can see the work that I do and and pieces of my life, but you don't get the whole story. Now on social media, we see snippets of your life, but not your whole life. Do you consider how your posts may impact other people and also your credibility? Absolutely. I share so much less than I ever used to. I'm really not that active on my personal Instagram really as much anymore. And that's a whole other conversation about how social media managers, whether or not they're active as a, as a means of promotion for the work that they do, etc. That's a whole other kettle of fish that we could get into. But I don't post as much anymore. One, because I don't have the energy for it. But Two, that a lot of that is for me. Like that's my life that I want to keep to myself. I don't think that there's a really a credibility issue. If I was ever posting something where I took half a second to think, is this impacting my credibility? And I have any sort of inkling that says yes, well then I just wouldn't post it. Uh, but there is a privacy thing. I really don't share that much about my life with my partner, my dog really gets all of the attention on my Instagram account and she rightfully deserves it. Um, (laughs) but that's about it. You know, I, I, 
I prefer to have more personal conversations with friends on the phone or via text or share photos that way to a specific group of people. I have thought about doing like the close friends list on Instagram. Maybe that's something I'll explore more another day. Uh, but I think that there are different avenues you can take. And where I'm at right now, the season that I'm in right now is I'm, I'm just not sharing a lot. The credibility conversation for me really comes up when I am promoting what I do for a living and when I'm talking about being ambitious and when I'm talking about how I support other people as a business strategist. Oh, this just became a little ad for the Amanda Wagner. You can hire me to speak or to help you one-on-one in my Zoom room with the caveat that some of my credibility comes from having less than amazing experiences Some of my credibility comes from feeling kind of shitty in what I'm doing or what I'm experiencing and being able to give an example of how did I deal with that? How did I push through with that? Everybody that I've talked to about this issue in preparation for this podcast being like, do I share? Do I not share? Every person that I've talked with would say, no, I think it enhances your credibility. Because it tells me that you're a human. It tells me you're going to understand me and that you're not just going to throw a theory at me and say, here, try this without having any lived experiences of it. Now, I said there were two experiences that sort of were coaxing me to share more. The second one was that uh, my brilliant friend, Brittany, sent me an article titled, Why Should Anyone Be Led By You? We will link to it in the show notes. There's a 10-page PDF. This article outlines four unexpected qualities that are shared by inspirational leaders. And I was just eating all of this up. So I'd love to talk about these qualities. The first is that they selectively show their weaknesses. The second one is that they rely heavily on intuition to gauge the appropriate timing and course of their actions. Number three, they manage their employees with something the authors call tough empathy, and they care tremendously for their people. And that fourth quality is that they reveal their differences. Now, the article highlights that leaders need all four qualities to be truly inspirational. And they give the example that if a leader shamelessly promotes their differences, they not just reveal them, but they emphasize how unique they are and how different they are, but they hide any sense of weakness that leader can be incredibly ineffective because the people who are engaging with that leader might see them as perfect, unrelatable. You can't understand what I'm going through. And this example put off some alarm bells for me because it made me go, oh, am I speaking to how I'm unique and different, but I'm not sharing my weakness? And based on what you've said, Liz, and a little bit of my own reflection, That word selectively matters so much. There is a difference between sharing and showing your weakness and selectively sharing and showing your weakness. The article explains that when we reveal our weaknesses, we can establish trust, we can encourage buy-in, and we can build solidarity with our teams. If we think of ourselves as leaders, I don't think followers is the perfect word, but the people who look to us for leadership and support feel that trust. They can they can sense that credibility of their leader and like there is 
there is a relationship that is being established. I also think that by sharing our weaknesses, we can actually benefit ourselves by not holding everything in. I say this as somebody who feels like I'm holding a lot in. I think that when we selectively share our weaknesses, we can get help, even if we aren't comfortable asking for it. Sometimes somebody will hear something and say, oh, I've read this, or I can help you with this, or do you want to talk about this? I also think that selectively sharing our weaknesses can increase credibility if we do it in the right way. One of the things that I am fiercely honest about when anybody looks at hiring me as a uh, business strategist and coach, I will say I did not go to coaching school. I did not get an 18-hour certificate. I have not spent a long weekend in a hotel ballroom asking open-ended questions. It's not that those, those courses aren't valuable. That just was not my experience. Instead, I have a bachelor's and a master's degree in education. I studied motivation, social, emotional stuff. So all of these things give me an angle to reveal my difference while also sharing what could be seen as a weakness at the same time. Liz, you help people share their stories online. What else can we gain from sharing? By sharing our weaknesses, I believe that we can find our people, right? People identify with people who have gone through or feel similar things to them. I think that when we selectively choose what those stories or what those moments are, that's how, and again, followers is a weird word, but if we're thinking from the lens of social media, that's how we find the followers. That's how we find the people who are in our corner. We talk on the podcast and on your Instagram about the people in our corner of the internet. That's how we've established our corner of the internet is by sharing some of those stories. So I think by sharing weaknesses selectively, you can find people who are like you and want to hear more and are encouraging and supportive when you do share those things. I think it's important to note that sharing isn't always for attention either. It's not always a cry for help. And I think that's been one of my fears that if I share, oh, I had a bad day, are people going to flog me like, is she okay? Is everything wrong? Is she going to quit? What, sh what does she need? When in reality... I'm sharing to build that credibility, to humanize my experience. In this article, again, it's titled, Why Should Anyone Be Led By You? They talk about the golden rule of sharing, and it comes back to that word selectively, right? Selectively sharing. They say to never expose a weakness that will be seen as a fatal flaw. One weakness that jeopardizes a major piece of your professional role. And I think that that is really worth thinking about and asking the question before you post something, before you share something, why am I sharing? And once we have that answer, that's if, where we can assess, am I sharing this in the right place? So at the risk of being incredibly meta, why are we sharing about sharing on the podcast? And for me, that was because I want to feel like more myself, and I want to share more of myself, even though I'm somebody who doesn't love being on social media. I feel like I've set up a bit of a wall between my audience and myself, and I am really keen to gain credibility. I want to be on larger stages. And like I said, one of my values and one of my beliefs is that 
hearing the story of $12 in your bank account while you have 12 million just doesn't really connect. So while I'm not in a place where I'm going to share the dollars and cents in my bank account, what I am here to do is share a little bit more about where I'm at in this moment with the intention of helping somebody else out there, someone who's fiercely ambitious, wants to get off the sidelines and is eager to claim their spotlight. I'm there too. And it's not always puppies and rainbows. So I want to be myself a little bit more. And that means that I want to share that I'm in a bit of a rut with my own business. I think I scared the shit out of Liz last week. When we had, we had a friend FaceTime, we're having a conversation and Liz asked how I was doing and we knew we were recording today. And I said, you know, I don't know, is the juice worth the squeeze? And Liz said, oh, are you thinking about the podcast? Because there's ways to, to pause that or take a break or reimagine it. And I said, the whole thing, the podcast, the Instagram, maybe we should just be done. And I felt the fear in her eyes. <laughs> because I know how dedicated you are to this project as well. I had to look at where this was coming from, because even just sharing that with Liz, even just pulling out a left field and saying, why am I doing this anyway? Should I just forget it? This is, is this just an expensive hobby or is it really a business? And I had to step back and go, so why am I sharing this? And part of me was sharing it because I do need help that I don't think I was ready to ask for. And I got that. Liz was like, I will jam on this stuff with you. Let's figure out what works. Let's look at some of the metrics. And the other piece is that I wanted to, I wanted to have some more honesty and say, how can I put this out there as proof to myself that if I share where I'm at, people aren't going to hate me. If I share where I'm at, not every single Instagram follower is going to leave. Not every single person who listens to the podcast and be like, well, this bitch is done and not listen forever. It was a way for me to just put out in in the world and to Liz that while I've been supporting the growth of other other businesses and creative creating really positive changes in teams and their culture for other teams, I'm feeling a bit directionless in my own business. And I'm seeing the incredible results of what I'm doing with other people and going, but what about me? So that's one, one piece I want to share. That is, is an attempt to be myself a little bit more. The second piece, and again, I'm, I really keep my personal life separate, but I'm finding that that is holding me back. So becoming a parent has changed me in ways that I do not like to admit. I don't like to admit it to myself. I don't like to admit it to other people. I hated every time somebody would say, oh, you're a fundamentally different person. That just pissed me off. And it's not because I thought I was better than other people. It's not because I didn't think it would be hard. I knew it would be hard. So it's not like, oh, it's harder than you thought. No, I knew this would be hard. But I did think I'd be better at managing it all at once. And I feel a lot of shame around that. So that's something personally that I'm working on going, I thought I'd be better at this. I can't tell you why. I can't tell you what special skill set I have or what makes me so unique that I thought I'd be better, um, but I did. And so I'm having to grapple with that. And now at the the kind of one year mark, my daughter's a year old, I'm having to process what that looks like. And part of me doesn't want to do it alone. So that's another reason for sharing, right? Finding your people. So no, this podcast is not going to become the Amanda Wagner motherhood experience. That's not what we're here for, but it does inform 
some of the things that I share, some of the the tidbits that I share with clients, what I put out on Instagram, why I have no shame about putting up a a photo of me crying, because that is the reality. Uh, And more than anything, putting these things out reminds me that I can ask for help with these things and that I have help with these things. I have a plan to kind of wedge myself out of this rut and I have people on my team to support this. I have a wonderful network of, of human beings, uh, my partner, my therapist, my closest people to help me process some of these changes and face some of that shame. And more than anything, I don't, I, I'm still following the golden rule. I don't think I have shared anything that would be considered a fatal flaw or that would make people question what I've put out. And that, that feels really good. I feel validated. We're going to look at what are people listening to? What stories are we putting online that feel like me? And I'm curious to know how that impacts my relationship with the podcast, with my business, and also with the social media presence. So stay tuned. The goal is, is really being myself a little more. So that's why I'm here. Now, for anybody listening first, next time you think about sharing, take the pause and think, why am I sharing? You don't have to necessarily judge that answer, but what is the intended benefit of sharing? Does it change what you put out in the world, if at all? And if it's venting, that's okay. Are you doing it in the right place would be my only question, right? Use that group chat. God knows I use it. Um, Now, one thing that I am absolutely ecstatic to share is that our next episode is going to serve as this beautiful follow-up from this discussion about sharing and why we share and what it's like to be vulnerable. Because as I said, one of my fears is that people might find out that I'm not ambitious as I said I was, or that I'm not actually as far along in claiming my spotlight as I'd like to be. In two weeks we are having a conversation with the incredible Tanya Geisler, an expert on the imposter complex. She has listened to Liz and my episode about the imposter complex, and she is joining us to talk through the 12 lies that the imposter complex tells us and how to fight back. So in two weeks, we are going to have another just fantastic conversation with another guest. And of course, in the spirit of don't ask, don't get, I'm here with an ask for you, which is that in the last few months, we have been strategically inviting guests on the podcast. And I would love to know who else do you want to hear from? Whose stories do you want me to help share? If it's you, why should you be here? What value do you bring to the table? Why should we be sharing your story? I would love to hear from you. You can send me a DM on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner or contact me through my website at theamandawagner.com. And if you need some help getting your stories out into the world, determining what those stories are, thinking about those a little bit more vulnerable pieces, some of those weaknesses, I can help with that. Let's talk. You can find me on Instagram at Liz Pittman. As mentioned, it's a public profile. Pretty easy to find. Or you can visit my website, LizPittman.com. This discussion has me fired up. Liz, I, I think after this, you and I should get on the phone. If you think I'm only sharing 10%, get a bowl of popcorn. We got some things to talk about. Um, I can't I can't wait to see how this, this ch- changes or adds to the Instagram presence and to our podcast, because I know there's something here and I am just now feeling confident enough. And I want to be the type of leader 
that selectively shares weaknesses without the fear of losing credibility. I'm very excited for this kind of next chapter for us and the stories that we'll tell and the people that we'll be able to connect with as a result. Um, so this was a great conversation, Amanda. Thanks so much for a wonderful episode. And as mentioned, we'll be back in two weeks with the wonderful Tanya Geisler. Until then, we'll see you on the internet. I was going to say, I've entered my sharing era. My share up. You know I what? Like Here's the only reason you like it. Sure. Because you're not watching RuPaul's Drag Race this season. And one of the oh, contestants is using the like, I've entered my miscongeniality era. I've entered my bitchy era. I've entered my blah, blah, blah era. And it's just far too much. Last week's episode, I was like, you got to oh. stop with this.